Hello and welcome. You are listening to the teaching ministry of Coastal Oaks Church in Rockport, Texas. It is our hope that you will be encouraged and that your desire to follow Jesus Christ will be challenged and strengthened as you listen to this podcast. For more information on location, service times, and what to expect on your next visit, go to CoastalOaksChurch.org. Now, grab your Bible and study along with us as you listen. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 3. The book of Exodus, chapter 3. We're going to look at quite a few uh, verses in these two passages, these two chapters of Scripture today. Started with the question, may I please be excused? When I was a kid, that's what I was taught when... You were around the dinner table when there were adults in the room. You would always, you just didn't get up and run out. Anybody else taught that way? I, I would have to ask me, I please be excused. And then my dad and my mom would say, yes, you may be excused. We're going to look at a, at a passage where Moses was asked by God to do something. And in essence, if I could summarize chapter 3 and 4 of Exodus, Moses says, may I please be excused. But folks, it doesn't matter how polite you are. It doesn't matter how you say please. It doesn't matter... Uh, if, you're, if you're gracious in the way you ask to be excused, to be asked to be excused is to ask to be excused. We're going to look at some excuses that Moses gave and make application for our lives today as we think about our deacon ordination tonight and, and these men who've said yes to the call of God on their life. Moses is now 80 years old in chapter 3. And God calls him. Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that that the bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? Then the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. When the Lord saw he'd gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. Here am I, he answered. That's a good answer, by the way, when God calls. Do not come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Look at verse 7. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt. They've heard them crying out because of their oppressors, and I know about their sufferings. I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the territory of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Israel's cry for help has come to me. And I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, since God has heard the cry of the people, since God is ready to respond, therefore, verse 10, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Pretty tall order for Moses, isn't it? For the shepherd, now spending this part of his life out there in the wilderness, getting to know that, having been raised there in the the court, the the court of Pharaoh and, and having all that privilege in, in his first 40 years of life and then now to be out there in the wilderness for these 40. We have this, this challenge. as God says to Moses, Moses, I'm ready to use you now. By the way, God has to take us often 
through the wilderness before he has us ready to be used. That's where Moses is. We're going to look at Moses' five excuses this morning, all right? Number one, here's his first excuse. Who am I? Who am I? Look at verse 11. When God says, I've I've chosen you to go to Pharaoh, but Moses asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? I'm not qualified. I'm not the guy. God, you, you need to get somebody else to do this. Who am I to do this? Look at God's response in verse 12. And he answered, I will certainly be with you, and this will be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you, all, you will all worship God at this mountain. See, Mount Horeb, where the burning bush was, is also called Mount Sinai. Once Moses was to lead the people out of Egypt, he would bring them to that very place where they would worship God. Moses questioned, who am I? You ever, you ever ask God that when he asks you something of you? God, I, I really don't think I'm qualified to do this. I like what David said as we looked at the passage of Scripture a, a week or two ago when he says, who am I and who are your people that you should bless us this way? Well, this is a different who am I. Moses is saying, God, I can't be the one. Look at God's response. He promises his presence and success. He promises his presence and success. When Moses says, I'm not qualified, who am I that I should do this? He says, I will certainly be with you. and This will be a sign to you. When you go to bring the people out, you will worship God at this mountain. He says, Moses, I'm going to be with you as you go to lead the people out, and you're going to have success. You're going to come out of here, and you're going to worship me at this mountain. I love what George W. Truett said. He said, success is knowing God's will and being right in the center of it. You know what success looks like for the Christian? It looks different for every Christian. We're not sure what success is when we try to compare with the the world's view of success. It is totally different. Here God is just saying, Moses, the success is going to be that I'm going to be faithful to you. Who am I? Second excuse. Who are you? what he says. Who are you? Look at verse 13. Then Moses asked God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? He's saying, God, who are you? Who are you? When they ask me who called me, who called them out, God, I, what, what should I tell them your name is? And look, I love God's response. Basically, he promises to be faithful to who he is. He promises to be faithful to who he is. Look at verse 14. What should I tell them your name is? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Some translations, I am that I am. I believe the best translation of that, and and the Hebrew text supports this, is I will be what I've always been. I am the I am. I'm, I'm faithful. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And if it's not enough for, for God to say to Moses, tell them I am, he describes who he is. Look at verse 15. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I'm to be remembered in every generation. You know know what God is saying to Moses? Moses, I will be for you what I was to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. We've talked about this before. God says, I will be for you what I was for them. God's call. When we say, who are you, God? What should I say? Who, Who should I say sent me? He just says, tell them I will be faithful. I'm the one who's been faithful to their parents and their grandparents, and I'll be faithful to you. See, in the Old Testament, name is personhood. God is saying, Moses, this is who I am. I'm the one who is faithful. 
So do you wonder sometimes when God speaks to your heart and challenges you to step out in faith, whether it's a financial stretch or a relationship stretch or a ministry stretch and you're, you're struggling with the call of God in your life. You say, God, I'm, I'm not sure I can pull this off. Who am I? And God says, you know what? I'll be with you. And not only will I be with you, I will be with you like I was with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I will be what I've always been. Third excuse. What if I fail? What if I fail? Look at, look, skip with me at chapter 4. By the way, from the rest of chapter 3, he goes on and explains exactly with the elders what they're to do and how they're to worship. Uh, he, he spells out specifically the miracles. He spells out, spells out specifically that God's going to lead them out and give them the spoils of victory. But look at chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses answered, what if they won't believe me and will not obey me, but say, the Lord did not appear to you? So Moses says, God, what if I fail? What if I go and I say, God sent me to you, and their response is, we're not going to listen to you, Moses. What if I fail? Have you used that excuse? What if I fail? Look at verse 2. Because God's response is confirmation of his power. God gives confirmation of his power. The Lord asked him, what is that? What is in your hand? A staff, he replied, because he's a shepherd. It's a shepherd's staff. Then he said, throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground. It became a snake. Moses ran from it. I would too. But the Lord told him, stretch out your hand and grab it by the tail. Now, can I stop right here? I might be more inclined to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go, than I would be to pick up a snake by the tail. Isn't that interesting that God asks him to do that? So he stretched out his hand and he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. From a staff to a snake to a staff again. This will take place, he continued, so that they will believe that Yahweh, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. He's reminding him again. Look at verse 6. In addition, by the way, folks, God doesn't have to do in additions, but he does. In addition, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. So he put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, his hand was diseased, white as snow. Some translations say leprous. Then he said, put your hand back inside your cloak, and he put his hand back inside his cloak, and when he took it out, it had again become like the rest of his skin, a healing. If they will not believe you and will not respond to the evidence of the first sign, they may believe the evidence of the second sign. So God says, Moses, I'm going to give you two signs to, to demonstrate my power to the people. But then look at this. And if they won't listen, verse 9, if they don't believe even the two signs or listen to what you say, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. And the water you take from the Nile will become blood on the ground. God says, Moses, I'm going to show you that I'm a powerful God. And if your question is, what if I fail? Moses, my answer is, you can't fail because I'm the God of the universe. I'm the God who, who is in charge of all these things. The God who works miracles. What if I fail? God's response, he gives a confirmation of his power with these three signs. What if I fail? You know, it's good to be reminded that it really doesn't depend on us, does it? What if I fail? What if I fail to do what I feel like God has called me to do? Think about that for a minute. Just think about that. God has called Moses to do something. And Moses is worried about failing at what God has called him to do. And God is showing him how he's going to do it and how he's going to use him. And Moses still 
struggles with that. What if I fail? F.B. Meyer said, when God calls, the responsibility of our success rests on God. He's the one who's put his name on the line. He's the one who says, I'm God and I'll come through for you, not Moses. When we told our kids that we were moving to Rockport from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, they asked us, why are we going to Rockport? And we said, because God has called us to Rockport. And then I went and prayed. And I said, God, I just told my kids that you called us to Rockport. I need you to come through on this one. By the way, he did, didn't he? He's always faithful. See, it's up to him. It wasn't up to me. All we do is make ourselves available. What if I fail? God says, don't worry about it. I'm the God who can do it all. If that wasn't enough, a fourth excuse. Why did you pick me? Why did you pick me? Look at verse 10 in chapter 4. But Moses replied to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, either in the past or recently, or since you've been speaking to your servant. Isn't that interesting? God, I've really never been eloquent, and I'm not even eloquent now. And you're calling me to be the spokesman, and God, I'm still not eloquent. Your servant, you've been speaking to your servant because I am slow and hesitant of speech. God, I'm not gifted. You ever use that one? Why did you pick me? I had a long dialogue with the Lord when I was struggling with my call to ministry, and I struggled with it. And I want you to know, number four was my big excuse. God, why did you pick me? Now, I didn't stutter much. Just when I get excited. (laughs) But I'd never done this before. I had never, I'm not one of those kids that grew up always wanting to be a preacher. Definitely didn't want to do that. I said, God, why did you pick me? I've shared that story with you. Basically, I realized I didn't have to worry about that part, did I? Because God takes care of that. Here's his response. He promises to equip Moses. Look at verse 11. He promises to equip Moses. Yahweh said to him, who made the human mouth? I I just paraphrase it this way. Moses, who made your mouth? You know that thing that you're saying doesn't work very good? Who made the human mouth? Who makes mute or, or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, Yahweh? Now go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. God basically says, I will equip you. Moses says, I can't talk. God says, I'll equip you. David says, God, I'm available, but there's a giant. God says, take five smooth stones and we'll take care of it. The disciples say, we can't feed these people. And God says, here's five loaves and two fish. Get after it. God always comes through. When we say, I'm not gifted, why did you pick me? You've got the wrong guy. God says, I'm going to equip you. Now again, this this sounds so... um, basic, but we don't get it sometimes. The God God who calls you to do a task will equip you to do the task. Doesn't that make sense? God says, I want you to do this, and and it's up to me to make sure it's successful. It's up to me as God to make sure that it's fulfilled and I'm faithful. So Moses, all you have to do is be available. Let me use you. Fifth excuse. Now, if I had been the Lord, I'd have said enough. In essence, he does somewhat. But Moses has another excuse. 
Why don't you send someone else? Bill Briscoe has written a book about the book of Exodus, and it's called, Here Am I, Send Aaron. Why don't you send somebody else? Look, look with me at verse 13. He says it. Moses said, please, Lord, send someone else. I've called you. I've equipped you. I've empowered you. I've given you the sign of my power and authority. I've demonstrated my faithfulness to you. I've told you that I'll give you the words. And you say, send someone else. I tell you what, I am, I am awed by God's response here. First of all, he meets Moses where he is. He meets Moses where he is. And he uses someone else. Look with me at verse 14. The Bible says, Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, Isn't Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well, and also he is on his way now to meet you, and he will rejoice when he sees you, and you will speak with him, and I will tell him what to say. I will help both of you. I will help both you and him to speak what I will teach you. And I will teach you both what to do. He will speak to the people for you. He will be your spokesman. And you will serve, he will serve, you will serve as God to him. Take the staff in your hand that you will perform these signs with. Basically, Moses, I'm tired of your excuses. Pick up that staff. Go. God's response, he meets Moses where he is. He could have said, Moses, you're out of the loop. You ever felt like that? Felt like you needed to be out of the loop? God, I've messed up this so far, so many excuses, I don't deserve to be used. And, and God could have said, Moses, I'm taking you out of the loop. But God had different plans for Moses. But i tell you what, he misses a blessing because God uses someone else as the spokesman. Send someone else. Some of us live the Christian life, life and we get excited and we say, I agree with what the pastor said and I agree with what we're singing and I agree with what the Bible says about ministry and service, but really, really deep down in our heart of hearts, you're saying, God, send somebody else. I'll pray for him, send somebody else. We talk a lot about sending in this church. Let's don't talk about sending someone to the other side of the world today. Let's talk about sending someone into ministry right here, right now, right where you are. God puts somebody on your heart. God moves in the life of someone. God puts a need in a person's life on your heart, a financial need. And, and by the way, when God shows you those kinds of things, do you think maybe God isn't saying you're the one to meet the need? And we just step back and say, God, I know it, I see it, but would you send somebody else? took a mission trip a few years ago to Crystal City, Texas with a group of teenagers. And way out there in the middle of nowhere, those, those long open roads out there in the brush country. And one of the teenagers from, I think she was from Mississippi or Alabama, was going with us. And she said, where are we going again? And we told her and she said, well, why don't they just come to us? That's that mentality. God sends somebody else. I'd really rather not get out of my comfort zone. There's a hymn that we sing as a hymn of commitment often. Wherever he leads, I'll go. 
wherever he leads, I'll go. We sing it, but we don't mean it. God's calling us as a congregation to be available to him. And I want you to know that there's five excuses here that Moses used. You may have others, but I promise you God will meet your excuses. Because if he calls you, he's going to provide. He's going to make it happen. Will you trust him to do that? Will you trust him? Whatever the ministry is, whatever the call is, whatever the the need is, God, here I am. I'm available. I'm not going to say, God, send someone else. I'm going to say, put me in, coach. What would it be like we're standing on the sidelines and the coach is ready to put you in the game and, and he comes up to you and says, okay, Kevin, it's your turn. Put your helmet on and get out there. Coach, send somebody else. What do you mean? You're trained to do this. This is what we've been working on. We've gone through all these drills. This is, this is what I want you to do. I'm your coach and I'm telling you to get in the game. Send somebody else. No. God doesn't want to hear that either. He wants you to put me in. Pray with me.